we read the first four chapters of Matthew. This week, we got our Christmas, our Christmas in November, for crying out loud. This is awesome. So, um, did you notice when you read this week, how many times people were influenced by a dream? And I was like, what? And so I started thinking, well, it's not California dreaming. Galilean dreaming. Yeah? I know. Lame. All right, it's a, that's a dad joke, I guess. But So, how many of you read Matthew 1, chapters 1 through 4 this week? How many are up on it? It's dropping a little bit. Here to the end of the year, what's going on? Get back on it. Read your word. Let me tell you. But if you haven't read it, I have a map. We've been in Ecclesiastes. I couldn't really do a map. So now I'm like, oh, I get a map. So I got a map for you. Here is Jesus' ministry. So if you look at chapters 1 through 4, it starts out, obviously, the, um, the lineage, and it's through um, Joseph's side, which is interesting. It seems like it appears that the first part of Matthew, and he's thinking, he's, he's king on Joseph. Whereas in Luke, Luke keys on Mary. But the Joseph part, we'll see that today as we look. But so, if we know, we learn from Luke that Joseph lives somewhere here. He has to travel all the way down to Bethlehem because of a census that was put on by Caesar Augustus. And he had to go to the home of his inheritance. Now, we know he doesn't live there because we know that when he gets there, he doesn't go and stay with the family. There's no place to stay. In fact, everyone is in there. They end up in a shed. Okay? So we know he's not there for family. He doesn't live there originally. But they travel. And at that point, Mary gives birth. Okay? And then... After that, we know that we gave birth. Then we have the wise men who are coming down through here. They stop in Jerusalem and they talk to King Herod there. And they assume that everyone knows what's going on. Oh, we, we're, we came to acknowledge the new king, the king of Israel. And by the king of Israel, this is in deity, okay, because... It's up in the clouds. They are seeing through following the stars as the case may be. And then they end up going down to Bethlehem. And then they go another way. They, they go another way or they go around. They don't go back to Jerusalem to tell King Herod about it. Herod is angry. So he goes and he slaughters everyone, all the kids three years and younger in Bethlehem. But he didn't get Jesus. He didn't get the young baby child. Because Joseph was warned in a dream to get out of there. So he went down to Egypt. Then at the time, he's warned a dream to go back. And when he comes back, is he coming back to here? No, he's going over here because now King Herod is dead. And his son Archelaus is ruling in this area. So he goes back up probably close to where he lived before, and he ends up in this town, Nazareth. Then, we go from 
him, baby Jesus, to now Jesus is an adult. From chapter 2 to chapter 3. And it, we get introduced into um, John the Baptist. And John the Baptist is preaching repentance. And it says in the desert of Judea. And that is this area right here between Jerusalem and between the Dead Sea. In this area right here. And he uses the Jordan as his baptismal for, for repentance. Jesus comes down from Nazareth. It says he leaves Galilee and meets with John here and, and gets baptized. And then after he gets baptized, he goes off into the desert. Now, doesn't say which desert, but since Matthew's already talked about John being in the desert wilderness, the desert of Judea, it could be assumed that he came and wandered around through here for 40 days and 40 nights. And then he is tempted by Satan. Satan takes him all over the place, takes him to Jerusalem, takes him to a high mountain. But at that point, when during the 40 days, John is arrested in those 40 days and nights. John is arrested and taken back to Jerusalem. And so Jesus goes back to Galilee, it says, except he doesn't stay in Nazareth. He goes to Capernaum, which is right next to the Sea of Galilee. And at the end of chapter 4, he's introduced into two brothers, two sets of brothers, Peter and Andrew, James and John. And he says to them, come follow me. They drop everything and follow him. That's the, that's the synopsis of the first four chapters of Matthew. And you can see, that's a lot of traveling. I mean, you look all the way down in Egypt, Joseph here, Jesus is up here, John's over here. So all of this is going on. That's a, that's a lot of time, a lot of travel. Sometimes we read it and we go, well, they went next door and they did this and then they went down the street and they did that. No, 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 this is traveling, this is going. And they don't have the, the Subaru, okay? They have the Camaro. I know, another dad joke, I'm sorry. Okay, anyway. So I would like to read a portion of scripture and as i'm reading the scripture or as you're following along it doesn't matter either one or if you're following in your own bible wow what a novel idea that would be um i want you to count the number of times you hear the word dream okay this the greek translation the greek word here is onan and onar means a sleep dream it's always related to a sleeping dream. Okay? It's the only place in the New Testament where we have the word dream. And actually, in Matthew is the only place where we have this Greek word in the Koinonia Greek. And it's six times. But we're not going to have all six because one's in Matthew 27. That would be a long reading today. But that is interesting is that is... Pilate's wife, who warns her husband, don't have anything to do with this man talking about Jesus going into trial because I dreamed about this righteous man. Whoa. Okay, so let's read Matthew 1.18 through 2.23. 
This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law, yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said to the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come up to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all of Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born, in Bethlehem in Judea. They replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. And for out of you will come a ruler who will be shepherd, who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead to them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. And then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said, take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night, and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, Out of Egypt I called my son. When Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious, and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity, who were two years old and under, in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. Then what was said to the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. A voice is heard in Ramah, weeping in great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. After Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up, take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel. For those who were trying to take the child's life were dead. So he got up, took the child and his mother and went to the land of 
of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning in Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. Having been warmed in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee, and he went and lived in a town called Nazareth. So he fulfilled what was said through the prophets that he would be called a Nazarene. One of the things that Jeremy touched on is Matthew is trying to show the Jewish people, the ones that were interested in looking for a Messiah, that Jesus was the answer to the scriptures at that time of Messiah. And he will, throughout the book, refer to the Old Testament, refer to the Old Testament, refer to the Old Testament, telling us, this is who the Bibles have been talking about. It's Jesus. And so, it's interesting because if you know anything about the Old Testament, Mary and Joseph, Joseph is not the first Joseph in Scripture. He's not. In fact, there is a patriarch named Joseph found in the law. And oddly enough, this Joseph, had his life was wrapped around dreams. Woke up as a young man and said, Hey, Dad, brothers, I had this dream that you're all going to serve me. And they went, Oh, great. You're already the favored one. And he got up the, you know, a few later. Hey, I got another dream. And all the stuff that you try is all going to fail, but mine's going to go great. And then you're going to serve me. And they're like, okay, great. How did we get rid of this guy? And they did. And they didn't kill him, though they originally wanted to. And he gets taken down to Egypt. Okay, what we just read. Joseph dreams Egypt. I guarantee you, none of this was missed by Levi or Matthew. He is bringing distinction. So, Joseph goes down to Egypt. And Pharaoh has a dream. And no one can figure it out. And then someone goes, hey, wait a minute. I know one who can interpret the dream. And they bring Joseph in. And Joseph is very clear and says, dreams are to be interpreted by God, not by me. And he tells Pharaoh, this dream is God is trying to prepare you because there's going to be a famine in the land. And so you've got to prepare. And he was so forthright about it. Pharaoh says, man, I need to make you in charge of all this. And because he's so in charge and he does such a great job of it that when the famine strikes, the rest of the world has to come to Egypt to get supplies. And lo and behold, Joseph's family comes down. And his whole dream, his dream is fulfilled. It doesn't escape Matthew. So when he talks about Joseph... Talks about Joseph listening to dreams, an angel of the Lord speaking to him in a dream, in a sleep dream. Okay, let's just take a second. 
How many of you have had a dream? Martin Luther, I have a dream. No, I've had dreams. Okay? How many of you had a dream talked to by an angel? Okay? There's a few of you. Listen. We just don't put a lot of stock in dreams anymore. We don't. Listen, if Madeline came up to us today, so listen, during testimony time, I listen, I can tell you, I had this dream last night, and the angel Lord told me that all of Heights needs to move to the East Mountain. <laughs> we would all go, Nice, Madeline. <laughs> Thank you for that, Madeline. Don't go around her anymore. <laughs> Seriously, we would be... It doesn't matter how earnest she is. We aren't led by dreams. And rightly so. I mean, honestly, rightly so. I had a dream the other night that I... Was moving to Sanibel. Has nothing to do with God. It's because Sanibel was a great place, a great vacation, let me tell you. Weather was wonderful, the beach was amazing. And, you know, it's a really nice condo. That, was, that would be very self serving on my part, and I would, you know, it's probably not a good, a right dream with which to live by. So, why? You know, and things are the same way back then as they are here. I mean, just because you had a dream didn't mean, oh, well, it's got to be a dream from God. Well, so why did Joseph, who had already made up his mind that he was going to quietly divorce his betrothed graciously, because she showed up pregnant. And she was the story. No, no, it was the Holy Spirit. Good one. You know, it was like, that's never happened before. Usually when someone shows up pregnant, it's because of some sort of consummation. Okay? So Joseph, he could have said, man, let's stone. Let's stone the, you know, be all angry about it. He's like, no, no, I just want to. Quietly let this go. Because it says he is adhered to the law. He was interested in the things of God. He knew the scriptures. This is who Joseph is. He has a dream. And this, the, the, an angel of the Lord appears to him. And he, because of, even though he had already made up his mind. And he knew there was going to be public ridicule. He still said, okay. This is from the Holy Spirit. I will name him Jesus. Because of a dream. What's the difference? Because we know that Joseph knew the word of God. That he recognized the word of God. That when the angel spoke, it was, thus saith the Lord. This is what the angels do. He recognized it, that this was actually from God. Here's what Jesus said about it. We talked about being the great shepherd. 
or the good shepherd. He said this, those won't go, my sheep won't go to another because they don't recognize that voice. They recognize my voice and they come to me. Listen, when if you have a dream or if you have something, two things you need to notice. You need to make sure that it's God speaking. How do you know God speaks? One, God speaking to you will not contradict Scripture. His word is true. It will always true. And nothing will be counter to that. Okay? If you have a dream and it says, hey, you should sleep with someone else other than your wife. That is not God. If you have a dream and the voice tells you you need to lie to somebody. That does not come from God. Because Scripture says you should not sleep with someone else. Or you shall not bear false witness. God will never contradict himself. Second of all, if you get a dream and it's from God, you need to obey. Listen, there's lots of counseling I've done over the years as a pastor. And people will tell me, you know, Pastor Mark, I don't hear from God anymore. You know what my first question is? When was the last time you heard from God? And they'll tell me. I said, did you do it? Almost to a man or to a woman. They'll say, no, I didn't. Why would he tell you something many more? Be ready to obey. And because Joseph knew the word of God, had interested in the things of God, when he heard from God, he obeyed. Not just once. Not just twice. Three and four times. But those aren't the only ones. That's not the only ones who heard, got a dream from the Lord and changed their direction. We have the Magi. These were wise men. You know, we always, we always assume it's three guys because of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But we don't know how many wise guys there were. We know that they're guys, so there's at least two, but probably a lot more, along with an entourage. You don't travel from Mesopotamia to Israel with gold, frankincense, and myrrh, costly objects, and it's just the three of you. You come with an entourage, and you show up, and they did the proper thing. These are people that are used to dealing with royalty. They come down from the Fertile Crescent, probably from somewhere in Babylon in that area, and they come on down, and of course they go to the big kahuna in Jerusalem, King Herod. And they assume he knows what's going on. And when he, Herod meets with them. First, they get all disturbed, and then he meets with them secretly and says, hey, you find out, because I want to do it too. Does that kind of bother you that nobody knew about the king of Israel? I mean, they already knew who, they already knew who the king of Israel before they came. Okay, God had already made himself known 
to the nations around. They knew who the God of Israel was. Or the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Right? They knew. So when they talk about the king, they don't talk about like, well, they have King Herod, right? Well, no, that's not the king we're talking about. We're talking about a divine king. Because guarantee you, when someone becomes a leader in a country, stars don't move around for that. Okay? So they're understanding that this is someone divine. This is something that's going on. And they assume. So when they go to Jerusalem, and they start talking like everyone should know, this not only upsets Herod, all of Jerusalem. What? And then they have to look through the archives. The, the minor prophets, if you will, which we're going to read next year. I'm excited about that. They come up, uh, 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 oh, it's Bethlehem. It's, really? It's, they, they seem so unawares of what's going on. Anyway, so Jesus has already been, been born. They're out clearly from the scriptures. They're out of the manger and in a house. Okay? The whole idea of the nativity scenes that you have, you have, the, you have the, the wise men showing up. Oh, that's just not scriptural. <laughs> hey, I have nativity. I love it. I think it's beautiful. It brings in all the whole thing. You have the angels, the shepherds. It's, it's all the gospels wrapped in together. I love it. So I'm not bashing nativity scenes at all. I love it. But according to scripture, they're in a house they show up, the stars over the house, they're pointing to him, they go and they go, hey, where's the king? Oh, he's right here. Oh, okay. And they worship him. They take time to give him gifts. Remember, they've traveled hundreds of miles to present these basically lowly people with amazing gifts. And when they get that done, what do we do now? I don't know. I had this dream. doesn't say that it was just one person with a dream. It could have been all of the magi. But why did they obey it? They had been looking for the things of God. Many believe that the magi had something to do with the same kind of lineage as from Daniel back in Babylon. So they knew the God of Israel. They searched the stars seeking for him. So when they heard from God, they recognized it as God and they obeyed. And that could have cost them. But they went another way. And they returned home without talking to Herod. And Herod takes offense by it. It says the Magi outwitted him. Interesting. And because of that, then he wipes out a whole town of young boys because of his thirst to fight against God. He doesn't succeed because the angel returns to Joseph in a dream and tells him, go to Egypt. Now, if you had been knew the scriptures and you knew the reference to Rachel weeping for her children, you would know who Rachel is. 
Okay, Rachel is one of the wives of Jacob, of Israel. And Rachel has two sons. Guess what the first one is named? Joseph! I mean, you can't make this stuff up! This is amazing! And in the reference, the reference that is read about Jeremiah. Jeremiah is the one who says, Thus saith the Lord. In reference, read the whole passage. I mean, go the extended part of it. They're rejoicing about Messiah, and then all of a sudden he talks about Rachel weeping for her children, and she refuses to be comforted. Wait, this is just messianic language. It's all wrapped up into one. You know, the thing about Jeremiah is Jeremiah was telling everybody, you should just let the Babylonians in because this is going to be, this is from God. If you fight against Babylon, you're going to be fighting against God because this is God punishing us for all of our idol worship, right? And then, when they finally did conquer all of Jerusalem, the fall of Jerusalem, and the most thing way, Jeremiah is left in Israel. And the few remaining people want to flee to where? Egypt. And God says you shouldn't do that. But guess what? Jeremiah gets dragged into Egypt. I mean, all of this, Egypt, Israel... Joseph, dreams, all of this together is all wrapped into one. It's like God is pointing this out through Matthew. That none of this is by mistake. God planned all of this to happen. And that there were forces that were fighting against God's plan. Herod. What happened to him? He ends up being dead. Probably as a because of the wiping out of the children. That wasn't God's plan, but he saw it happening. Because an evil man decided to try to fight against God. Listen, if you learned anything from this, God will speak to you. It may not be a dream. It may be through another person. It may be through circumstances. You need to obey. Do like Joseph. He heard God, he obeyed. He heard God, he obeyed. What does God what has God asked you to do lately? Do you know? I bet some of you are like, yeah. Have you done it yet? My my suggestion is do it. Do it. You'll never regret it. I have never regretted in all of my days obeying the Lord. I have regretted disobeying him. Won't you stand? Guys, this this Matthew book is going to get us. It's going to make us know our Old Testament. When you see those little little A's, B's, C's stuff and it's reference to Old Testament as you're reading the scriptures, go back to them. 
Look at them. Challenge them. Because Matthew assumes you know. And because you've been reading through the scriptures, you probably are a lot better off than most. Hey, we're go- I'm going to pray for us. We're going to go into the foyer. Man, I went and checked out the pies. <laughs> There's a lot of pies. So that means you guys can't just walk out and leave. Go get a piece of pie. Go grab a hold of, of a veteran. Tell them thank you. Love on them. Because they deserve it. Father God, we come before you. Thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much that it all comes together. Lord God, isn't this amazing? Over a thousand years, Scripture, all different types, all different people, listening to your Holy Spirit, and yet it all comes together wrapped up into Jesus. You're an amazing God. How can we stop loving you? Let us continue to love you and continue to love others. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.